Today we get your employment game popping with this one. <laughs> uh, I can never sleep, I don't got too many days uh, Food for thought, feeding your success with the base uh, I can't quit the game, gotta focus till I finish uh, I was in the cage, yeah, now I know I'm living uh, They be working hard, trying to keep you in the chains uh, If you got your mind charged, you ain't gotta stay Woo! This is the Sam Jones Podcast, episode 14 Get your employment skills all the way up. Today is gonna be really, really good. I'm excited. More importantly, I'm excited for you because I believe you're gonna find something that you could utilize to put you in the game. And if you're in the game, it's gonna help you polish your game. So this episode is for you, whoever you are. So let's jump into a couple things real quick. According to HuffPost, that's a Huff Huffington Post, more than 73 million young people worldwide are unemployed. And there are three times as many underemployed, put a pin in that, we'll get back to that. Yet at the same time, 40% of employers say that they can't find candidates with the skills they need, not even for the entry role, the entry level roles. Now to get back to, and we'll talk about that in a minute, but to get back to the underemployment, I wanted to look up that definition so I can give you a clear understanding of what that means so you can kind of like look at the size of this issue. Now, underemployed, underemployed means not having enough paid work or not doing work that makes full use of your skills and abilities. So you can already see how that can be an issue if you have skills and abilities that are not being used. So to be clear, this is not as a result of, you know, people not getting access to job ready skills or even there are in government um, initiatives. There are lots of help. There's over $300 billion worth of money that goes into programs to help people get ready. So why are people not ready for employment? Today, to help us dig deep into this is the specialist, the job master, the headhunter, the one and only Jaleesa Jones. How are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for being here today. This is going to be so great. Um, and as you'll notice... I, I have some coffee, did some things to get my energy up because Jaleesa's energy is always way up. So I had to up my game. So the coffee is stronger. You'll notice a lot more hand motion today, but I will not be on her level. So Jaleesa, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to have you. So I, I want to jump right into it. So a lot of people hammer millennials um, in particular with having these high expectations feelings well this is what they say that they're owed so much and that they're so much more knowledgeable and they can take on more tasks and duties and then when actually given the task some employers say they fall short and there may be some truth to that maybe there isn't but what do you think millennials should be thinking when they walk into a job situation they can either think you know i'm gracing this place with my presence hopefully i can be a part of what's going on here or should they have more of a humble meek position and how they approach the job what would your approach be so i think it's a balancing act right you have to be humble but also confident so it's right. possible to be confident without being cocky and entitled so it's it's funny that you said that because millennials and this truth to every stereotype but for millennials in particular <laughs> most people view them as entitled so when they come in for a job interview you see people that are straight out of college and they're looking for opportunities and they're like I just graduated I have no experience I need $90,000 that's my minimum this is 
this is what I should get. And that's not always how it works, right? So it depends on the field that you're in and it depends on what role you're going for. I think it's important that millennials need to sit down and gather their skills. How should they orient themselves when walking into the job place? Right. So it also depends on what job they're going for as well. So if they, if you graduate from school, from med school, obviously you're going to be a doctor. So you're going through the process for that. But if you graduate with a degree in communications and you sign up for an engineering job, then that's not necessarily the best fit. So it's understanding where your skill set lies and cultivating that. Knowing, okay, this is what I'm good at. Let me proceed in that direction. And if you're interested in something else, then master that. So if you know that your skill set is a specific area in a specific area, but you have an interest somewhere else, master that. Mm. Learn about it. Read a book. Talk to somebody. Get a mentor, and then and work your way from there. That's good stuff. So basically, you have to study and become the person you need to be to accomplish what you need to accomplish. Absolutely. So let me ask you this now: having a degree, having certification, based on what a lot of employers are saying, that's not the issue. The issue is life skills, their ability to communicate and manage them times their time, their time and their selves and their ability to resolve conflict. So walking into a job situation, you have your certification. How can someone learn life skills? How did you learn what's appropriate, what isn't? Tone, communication. Do you pull out your phone in the middle of an interview and, and answer a text? Like, how do you learn these life skills? How did you learn it? I think a lot of it is home training, but then some of it is your environment. So who you surround yourself with, the people, I always say your circle should reflect you and it should reflect where you see yourself in the future. So if I plan on being a CEO, everyone around me can't be a bartender because we're, you're not reflecting where I see myself in the future. Wow. But it's funny that you said that because a lot of people, <laughs> I see people all the time that get rejected because they have the right experience but they don't have the education. Mm. Or they have the right education and they don't have enough experience. Again, it's a balancing act. So a lot of employers are looking for people who have both. You have to have the right level of education and the right level of experience. So again, I think you should just dive right in. Whatever it is that you're trying to do, be the best at it. Study it, know what you're doing, and then the rest will take care of itself. I think that more than ever, employers are looking at you as a person not just your ability your job history some employees are looking into your credit history um, they're surfing through your social media and for some people like you said it's a, it's a matter of, of home training but say you know for instance you didn't learn that at home mm -hmm. you didn't learn that certain things are not appropriate you generally just do not know you're not doing it on purpose how can somebody get themselves kind of oriented in that way because there are programs that treat cheat um, edit there are programs that teach this kind of thing but how can someone own it how do you actually take these skills and digest it you know if you wasn't taught it at home where can you access this information and begin to live it right I, I think it's the paths that you cross and then you also learn from other people's mistakes so for example I worked at a staffing agency and at that firm we extended an offer to an applicant and we had a third party a third party client excuse me and that client extended the offer they wanted the candidates to start they started the background check process and during the background check process and this was something new to me they discovered that that person had conversations inappropriate conversations with another person on facebook mm. i didn't know that during a background check you check facebook wow. 
So they used some racial slurs and that could have been their relationship or what have you. And they rescinded the offer based off of that exchange. So it's very important to know what you can say, what you can't say. And the only reason why I know this is because I've, I've seen this in, in my career. So I do think it's important to surround yourself with professionals, surround yourself with other people, again, who are where you are trying to go. There's no way that you would know if, if you're working someplace and everyone else is on the exact same level and you all have these same experiences. There's no way you would know what's happening on the other side. But that's why it's important. Everyone has to own their own, you know, path own their own future figure out what it is that they want to do and then take it from there i'll tell you why that's interesting to me um an episode or two ago i was mentioning how your circle of your circle of friends can affect you and i was talking about a study that was done about self-assessment and how people can't properly assess themselves because they don't have the right uh, vantage point on themselves they see themselves as being capable of things that they cannot do and one of the problems that they found in the report is that the people in their circles weren't telling them the truth either. Mm-hmm. And that's what helped them to go deeper into this delusion of who they are. So aside from me not seeing myself right, you're telling me it's okay that I'm acting nuts and crazy. So I, there is no real reference point for how to straighten up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know. But if you were in the right circle of friends, like you said, and you were reaching out to people and trying to learn and grab a mentor, these people can help you kind of straighten out your path. So... For someone who's entering the job market, what would you say is one of the first things they should be thinking about in preparation for going after employment? Know your field. Be very knowledgeable. I think that we're in a day and age where everything is on the internet. So there's nothing that we need to know that we don't have access to. When I was growing up, we would go in the basement and look in the encyclopedia. Remember the World Book Mm -hmm. Encyclopedia? We Mm -hmm. had the whole set. But now, you have everything at your fingertips. Mm -hmm. So Thank you, Google. Yes. Google, LinkedIn. I mean, there's so many, there's so many tools. We need to take advantage of it. Um, I even myself in finding opportunities, two of the opportunities that I've identified have been on LinkedIn and just communicating with hiring managers, reaching out. Hi, I don't know if you have any openings, but I have this skill. Are you looking? So not in that way, but of course, in a more professional, that's layman's terms, but Mm -hmm. in a more professional way, I would send that message and I, I got a job. doing that so it's important to use the resources not be afraid to step out and to ask for what you want because the worst that someone could say is no Mm -hmm. so i think being fearless but also being fearless is important but also knowing your limitations right so i wouldn't go out and apply to be a surgeon (laughs) because i don't have the training but to be a talent acquisition specialist to be a recruiter to be an hr coordinator i know that those are things that i've done in the past so those are jobs that I qualify and I'm I qualify for and I'm well versed in those areas. So I feel confident and comfortable enough to go after those positions. So I do think um, that the internet is underutilized and people need to prepare themselves and go after what they want, but be knowledgeable about what it takes to get there. Right. So you touched on something. You said the worst that can happen is no. Now for some people, that is deflating. That no will shut them down for the rest of the week borderline depression. No. How do you process no? I'm very glad that you said that. Mm -hmm. So before I answer that question, when people are looking for jobs, let's say I'm on, on the search right now, on the hunt right now, and I'm going online and I see there's thousands of jobs available, whether it's on Indeed, Monster, Career Builder, and I am applying like crazy. Most of the jobs that are posted, 
these companies require them to post the jobs. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that the job is open. That doesn't mean that the job hasn't been filled or anything. So a lot of times when you go online, most of the jobs that you see posted are already filled. So you're going to see a lot of rejection and it's not because you're not the right fit. It's because they've already identified somebody and they had to post it just to satisfy their legal obligations. Wow. So you have to understand that a lot of things are just, you know, I don't want to say political. I'm a lost for words. There's a process involved. There's a process. There's a process. So sometimes you have to see a few no's before you see a yes. So the no doesn't mean that you're not necessarily the right fit. It just means that that's not the right opportunity at that time. And then on the other side of the coin, in the event that the no was no, we don't need you or you don't fit the bill, all that means is that you may need to tighten up and make some adjustments. Maybe something in your resume needs to change. Maybe you didn't you know, exhibit the right type of skills in that exchange. So a lot of people don't understand that when you go in for these interviews, there's do's and don'ts. Mm -hmm. There's things you do and do not say. There's body language clothing that you shouldn't wear all these little things play a part and sometimes we kind of remove ourselves from the opportunity or disqualify ourselves just by not knowing these little things so a good thing i think and correct me if i'm wrong to do is when you go on these interviews or you get rejected for whatever reason i would ask you know really quickly could you tell me if there's something i could have improved on was there something better i could have done what do you think about kind of gathering that type of feedback to kind of turn the no into the, ne the a yes the next time around. Is that helpful? Absolutely. Right, so let me switch gears real quick. And I want to ask you a question from the perspective of someone who is on ground level at their job. A cart boy at one of these. No disrespect to you, cart boys. I appreciate you. You guys are good. This is not a shot at you. But you're a cart It's a cart boy. wrangler. A cart wrangler. <laughs> <laughs> you wrangle the shopping cart. Right. Cart management. Um, and this guy or girl, they're like, you know, I feel like I can do more. I can take on more responsibility. Um, I'm underemployed in the sense that I don't have the certification, but I have the drive. I'm, I'm quick. I'm quick to learn things. I just need to be put in a position. What are some of the things they can start doing to kind of position themselves for promotion inside of the job? They already got the job, but what can they do to start making their way up? Because I think ultimately. The goal should be to move to a higher position or the highest position you can in that job. And if they can't facilitate you or with regards to pay or the type of job you feel you need in your life at that point, then at least you've built up enough of a resume and accomplishments and knowledge and learning to be able to graduate to another place. So how? what's the first step in kind of moving up that ladder? I would say working on your skills mm -hmm. and education is also very important. So at, at one point, having a bachelor's degree was... If you had a bachelor's degree, you made it. Now it's like a lot of people have a bachelor's degree. You need a master's or you need a PhD. So if you could further your education in a specific area, I think that that is very important. Um, for an example, I have a, um, a colleague that I used to work with. And when I brought her on to our organization that I worked at at, at the time, she came on as a scanner. She worked in the mailroom and she was scanning. Mm -hmm. The hiring manager had no idea she was an Ivy League grad from Cornell. So until she expressed that, you know, although I'm scanning right now in the interim, but I do have these skills, mm -hmm. a lot of times these, the hiring managers don't know what you're capable of and what you've done. So it's your responsibility to let them know, this is who I am, this is what I do, this is what I'm capable of. So at that point, once you have the cards on the table, they have to 
evaluate, assess what you can bring to the table, what you can do, and then make the adjustments accordingly. So if you can't move up in that company, it's important to still hone those skills and then go somewhere else where where you can move up. So let me ask you with regards to resume preparation. I know there's a million components and factors involved, but if you can just simplify for them, uh, those who are watching, what are some of the things that an employee is looking for on a resume? That's an excellent question. So on average, a recruiter takes about six seconds to look at a resume. So as you can imagine, people are applying to jobs every second of every day. So at any time, a recruiter could go through a thousand resumes in a day. So it's your responsibility to make sure your resume stands out from the rest. Mm -hmm. You have no idea what the rest looks like, and I know that that's a vague, very vague mm -hmm. <laughs> statement, mm -hmm. but that it, it's the truth. That's what it has to be. The aesthetics is just as important as the content. Mm -hmm. So what that means is the content of the resume, that's your skills, your education, what you've done, your objective, your information. All of that is important because the employer needs to know what you're bringing to the table, what you're capable of, what you can do. But the aesthetics is just the formatting. Mm -hmm. It has to be easy on the eyes. If I can identify, okay, you've been at this job for three years, you've been here for four years, oh, you were promoted in this job. If it's easy for me to read, that's just as important as the information that's in there. Mm. Yeah, 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 that was really good. Goodness gracious. You should be paying for this. I'm just kidding, I'm kidding. Um, I, hope, I hope this is benefiting you the way I believe it will. Um, and what are some of the biggest turnoffs that employees, or that even you've seen um, on resumes, just some real no-nos? <laughs> so um, for recent college grads, I like to see the education at the top. You highlight your most important skills at the top. So if you just received a bachelor's degree or an associate's degree, that needs to be the first thing that I see so I can notice that accomplishment. Now, if you graduated 20 years ago, that shouldn't be at the top of your resume because now you have some experience and the experience should be at the top. Um, one thing that someone shared with me, and I thought it was very interesting, that if you list your activities, it's important that you list um, sports or activities that are team sports. So you don't list things like tennis or track or because it shows that you're good, but you work well alone. Right, right. So employers want to know that you work well in a collaborative environment. So basketball, soccer, that wow. you work well on a team. So a lot of employers don't always look for that, but it's always good to know that um, everything that you write, it shows that you are a team player, that you can contribute to the, to the environment, to the organization. Um, we talked about formatting. The format is very important and the content is very important. The resume should always be in chronological order. I mean, I could talk about resumes for, for hours, so <laughs> mm -hmm. you have to stop me if I'm, <laughs> if yeah. I'm going on too long. Yeah. Um, but you also want to just highlight your skills. Hit the important facts. Um, continuity. It's very important that if you, the way you start is the way you finish. So if you put a period at the end of every bullet point, you can't have two bullet points where there's not a period. Right. If you choose not to have the periods at the end, then make sure none of them have the periods at right. the end. Um, grammar. Grammar is very important. I, a lot of times, um, candidates, they'll have on the resume that they're currently working somewhere, but it was a place that they worked five years ago. Mm. So all of those adjectives need to be in the past tense. Think of adjectives. Think of adjectives, right? Worked, worked. Yeah, no, verbs verbs all of those verbs or adjectives need to be in the past tense so it's very important that you know because people are looking at that hiring managers are, are looking at, at 
every detail. Wow. Well, I think um, we can wrap right there. I think that was a lot of yummy goodness and I think it's gonna be very helpful. So I would like to wrap with these three questions. The first one being, what is the most beautiful sound you've ever heard? The beautiful, most beautiful, the sound of the ocean. And what do you hope to see one day? Leaning Tower of Pisa. What is the one word that describes your future? Bright. There you have it. We're done here. I'm gonna finish this coffee. You reach for the highest good and I'll see you soon.